0: The second Bible reading comes from Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idol idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking and envying each other. Here ends the reading.
1: Well, today we are entering our 11th straight week of lockdown. And I think it's fair to say that in in my lifetime, there has not been another wide-scale event that has caused us as a society and even kind of humanity globally to stop and think about how we live our lives, like this pandemic has. Particularly, I think, here in our kind of wealthy Western culture in Australia, we have so much wealth and opportunity. I mean, before the pandemic, nine times out of ten, the biggest problem that we would talk about was busyness, right? I'm, I'm busy. Rushing from one thing to the next, rarely stopping to consider whether the next thing that we're doing or planning or buying is a good thing, a necessary thing, or just another thing. We've been filling our times, our filling our time, our minds, our homes with everything that we can possibly think of. But for lots of people, this pandemic and this latest lockdown in particular has really turned life upside down. And it's taken away some of the regular things that we fill our lives with, and the supports that we often lean on. And so it's causing people to think again about life and what matters, what we can rely on and trust in. Just yesterday, I saw a news article where the former New South Wales opposition leader, John Brogdon, who's now the chair of Lifeline Australia, he made this comment. He said, we yearn for two things as human beings, certainty and human contact. And both of those things are significantly lacking right now. And that's true, right? But before this pandemic, people rarely stopped to consider that. And so what we're doing today and over the next three weeks is we're going to think together about some of the things that lockdown is causing us to consider and that the Bible also speaks into and so that we don't waste this opportunity to let God reshape what we value and what we live for while he kind of shakes us out of our confident um, normality of how we normally live. So the topic that we're looking at today, particularly in lessons from lockdown, is that relationships matter. Now, of course, we've always known that, right? We've always known that we are relational creatures, but in our kind of normal life, it's easy to prioritise other things and to take our relationships for granted, But now this pandemic and this lockdown with its physical and social isolation is causing us to recognise that relationships are important. What we used to take for granted, we now realise is so precious and so fundamental to who we are. We need relationships. Now, obviously, our experience of this is different depending on our living situation and our work situation and our personalities. For some of us, perhaps the slowdown is helping us to kind of stop and appreciate the relationships that we used to take for granted. But more commonly, there has been kind of a widespread reported increase in loneliness and social isolation. Since the beginning of the pandemic, there've been a number of reports, uh, social welfare and, and medical reports, documenting the increase in loneliness and social isolation and the impact that's having both on mental health and physical health. Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Anglicare have all reported increases in people experiencing loneliness during this pandemic. And I'm sure that many of us can relate to that or at least no people who are experiencing that at the moment and it's not just a problem for extroverts i've got a friend who lives alone she's single and she says that she's generally pretty comfortable with her own company and yet she said that when she was staring down the barrel of this extended lockdown day after day week after week of seeing no one no incidental human contact no hug from a friend or a family member, even for someone who says she's fairly resilient in her aloneness, she began to realise the awfulness of that reality. Lockdown and isolation is a big deal, particularly for people who live alone. Now, the severity of it, as I said, may be lessened for people who live with others in families or in sharehouses or for people who still see others at work, but the reality is still there. We are such relational creatures, and the lockdown has really highlighted that and helped us to recognize that. But the flip side of that is also true. That is, the lockdown is also highlighting or exaggerating problems within relationships and the pain of bad, relationships, particularly within within households and the intensity of increased contact with less people. As a kind of trivial example, one person who may or may not be in my family at the beginning of this lockdown said, I'm sick of only seeing you people every day. You know, families and share houses are often seeing increases in conflict while we see each other so much more. But far more seriously, this pandemic has also seen an increase in domestic violence calls to one respect and other domestic and family violence service providers have increased during the pandemic and you might have seen announcements from the police that are saying that fleeing from domestic violence is a legitimate reason to be leaving your home in lockdown and so the, the lockdown is highlighting for us the, potentially, the potential negative aspects of relationships as well as the positive ones. And so all of this goes to the point that relationships matter. They are part of who we are as human beings. They have the potential for real joy and fulfillment and when they're lacking, we feel the loss. But they also have the potential for pain and difficulty. So that's something that lockdown is teaching us, and it's something that the Bible also teaches us. But I want to suggest that the Bible speaks into that, but also takes it a step further and transforms and challenges what we think we know about relationships and why they're so important. See, the Bible doesn't just say that we're made for relationships and to need relationships. It says something even more significant. It says We are made for love. And I reckon that is what transforms our thinking on this topic. The Bible says that we're made for love in two directions, vertical and horizontal. And most people are familiar with what Jesus says, that every command of God can be summarised into love God and love your neighbour. Even people who don't read the Bible often know those words of Jesus. But I want to suggest that that actually speaks to something quite profound about how God has made us because it's what God himself is like. So it's no accident that relationships are an important part of our lives because God who made us is a God of relationship or more accurately a God of love. Another well-known quote from the Bible is just three words, God is love. God is love. But kind of a simple idea. But I wonder if you've ever taken a moment to consider the significance of those words. Not just God loves us, that's true, but God is love. This is getting to the very nature of God. You know, what is God like within himself, these three words give us such a profound answer. God is love. I mean, think about it like this. What was God like before anyone else existed? Even then, God was love. Now, How can that be? I mean, it sounds like someone who's lived their entire life alone on a desert island saying, I play tennis. I mean, you've got to have someone to hit the ball back, right? You can't love without having someone to love. But as I said, this is getting to the very heart of the nature of God himself. That is, God is love because within God is a perfect, eternal, loving relationship between Father, Son and Spirit. These three have been perfectly loving each other in a perfect relationship for all eternity. And that relationship goes to the very nature of who God is. So what does this have to do with us and our relationships? Well, for starters, it makes sense of what we know and what lockdown is teaching us. That relationships are a big part of who we are. It's part of our DNA because we were made by a relational God. Would a God who had no experience or concept of relationship make human beings to be such relational creatures? See, what we experience fits entirely with what the Bible says about us and that God has made us to know him and each other. But more specifically, that God has made us to love him and each other coming back to our experience of lockdown this I think is where the Bible pushes us and challenges us to move beyond the obvious of what lockdown is teaching us about relationships and that is that the actual goodness of relationships is found in love. See we might conclude from this as a lesson from lockdown simply that we need relationships and you know that's how we're wired, and it's not good for us to be alone, and clearly there is some truth there. And even I would say that for those of us who enjoy the isolation, there is still something not healthy about it, particularly in the longer term. I've recently, during lockdown, been reading through the book of Proverbs, which has been a wonderful thing to do, and I came across one proverb that i hadn't noticed before was proverbs 18 verse 1 and it says this the one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires and he rebels he rebels against all sound wisdom there's some a real ring of truth in that isn't there and and i've spoken to people who've kind of recognized this in themselves you know it's fine to find to to enjoy some alone time but i was talking to a couple of people who were self-aware enough to recognise that when they constantly withdraw from other people, it makes them selfish and it's not healthy. And so now what they do is they deliberately push themselves to relate to others because they know that in the long run it's good for them and it's good for other people. So yes, we are made for relationships and relationships matter, they're important. But that's not the whole story. At the most basic level, there is a difference between a relationship and a good relationship. There is so much potential for both good and harm in our relational connections. And this is where the Bible cuts through with such a profound truth and where the goodness is actually found, that we were made to love others, not just to need relationships And see see the difference there? There's a difference between needing relationships and loving others. And the difference is that love gives rather than takes. Love looks to the other person and says, I want what's good for you. And the goodness of that is so profound that it can transform our relationships. And next week, we're going to look a little bit more at what that might look like in some of our particular relationships that we might be in. But today I want to look at the the truth of this idea in general and how it can help us in our relationships. And this is where we're going to finally get to the Galatians 5 passage, because those verses are really just unpacking what Jesus says to love your neighbour as yourself, the horizontal component of of the love that we're made for. You can see the quote there in verse 14. This is the summary of all God's commands for how we interact with other people. We're not going to look at the whole passage in detail, but what I want us to notice is to look at the practical difference it will make when we live with this kind of love. And the last two paragraphs in particular show both the negative and the positive. They're what we might call a list of vices and virtues. It's what the Bible calls the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. But what I want us to notice with both of those lists is that they both speak to our relational capacities in different ways. So the first list in verse 19 to 21 is what it looks like when we're built for relationships but we express that selfishly. That is we express our relational capacities to satisfy my needs and my desires or because I feel like my needs and desires are not being met. So, for example, in that list from verse 19, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, that's taking the sexual nature that God has given us, which is meant to grow the relational closeness between a man and a woman in marriage, and instead it's using that selfishly for me to satisfy my desires, which means using the other person rather than loving the other person. The other person becomes an object of my desire, and that is not love. Or again, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Again, these are expressions of our relational capacities. They're all about me, but they're about me in relation to you. You're the opposition. You're the the problem, you're the competition, you're the one who is stopping me from getting what I want, from fulfilling my needs. Now we may not always say it like that, but it spills out in these kinds of behaviors. That's what drives my anger. That's what drives my jealousy, my selfish ambition, or even our factions where we team up together and oppose another group. And we see it in every facet of life, don't we? We see it in schools, in in workplaces, we see it in communities, we see it at a national level, in churches. And sadly, and I guess this is probably something again that comes home a bit more closely in lockdown, we see it most significantly with the people that we're closest to. Where relationships are the closest is where conflict can be the greatest. Where my needs are bumping up against your needs most closely and they're, they're rubbing against each other and causing friction and conflict and it leads to these kinds of problems. Anger, envy, discord. Now compare that to the fruit of the Spirit from verses 22 to 26. And parents, the kids have been learning about the fruit of the Spirit in waves so you might like to ask kids, your kids about this. So what does the Spirit of God, who is love, produce in us? Again, notice that they're nearly all about relationships. But this time, it's for the good of the other person. Not for the sake of me, it's for the sake of you, for the sake of my neighbour, even for the sake of my enemy. And as we live out each of these fruit of the Spirit, the result is such a blessing in those relationships. It's not surprising, I guess, that the first one is love because love is fundamentally about seeking the good of the other person and that then shapes everything that follows. Again, as an example, forbearance or patience. So those things about you that I find difficult, forbearance, patience means I will put up with those things for your sake and so instead of pushing back against you and fighting you, or withdrawing and ignoring you i'm going to treat you with kindness with with gentleness with goodness because i care about you and not just the impact that you have on me and that leads to peace in relationships or again faithfulness being reliable in your care for others being someone that others can rely on not being inconsistent Even self control is about me, but it will benefit you. And again, think of what a profound blessing that can be. We're often talking about staying connected in lockdown, right? And that's a good thing. We talk about that a lot. This challenges us, I think, to go a step further and to think how can I love others? Reaching out to others and staying connected is part of that. It's an expression of love because it takes consideration of other people. It takes effort for their good. But how good would it be if we let the fruit of the spirit that it lists here, if we really were overflowing with these things so that, they, so that love motivates our connections and enriches our relationships? This is how we can love the people around us, whether it's the people that are very close to us at the moment in our, in our households or who we're separated from but we can reach out to for their sake because that's what we were made for. We were made to love. Now, next week, we're going to come back and kind of see this, see again how this kind of love can be both a joy and a pain that love costs And that we can only love like this if we know the costly love that God has shown to us. But today, I thought I'd finish with a challenge. Hopefully, we've seen today that, yes, relationships matter. We were made for relationships, and this lockdown is highlighting that. But more than that, we were made for love. And when we love others, we are following the very nature of God himself, So is it any surprise that relationships work best when I love others? And so the challenge is, let's not waste the opportunity that lockdown is giving us to be more conscious of our relationships. And maybe even that it's giving us more time and more opportunities to be deliberate in our relationships, but particularly for love. And so sometime today... Take a look again at those last two paragraphs in Galatians 5, the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Which of those things in those lists can I work on, can I change to help me to love the people around me, to help me to be a blessing to the people around me, getting rid of this and doing this so that love transforms those relationships for good? Will you do that? Will you let this lockdown be an opportunity for you to have relationships that are shaped by love. I'm going to pray that we will. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we instinctively know that relationships are such a big part of our lives, and yet we also acknowledge that we tend to express those selfishly that we want from relationships rather than give in relationships. And so, Father, help us to recognise that in ourselves and we ask that that your spirit will produce in us the love that you have and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control that you would have us shaped by. And we do ask that this will lead us to be people whose relationships are transformed by love,